Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Susan Guthrie and Rebecca Zung. And Susan and Rebecca are the co-founders of Breaking Free Mediation, the first family law mediation centers in the country to offer a mindfulness track to help divorcing parties to negotiate their issues peacefully. Susan and Rebecca co-host the iTunes Top 10 podcast, Breaking Free, a modern divorce podcast, which is revolutionizing the conversation around divorce. Susan, Rebecca, and best-selling author and attorney Gabrielle Hartley are partnering to offer transformative and supportive expert-driven BYE Best You Ever divorce retreats in major cities across the country. So I'll tell you about Susan first. Susan Guthrie, nationally recognized as one of the top family law and mediation attorneys in the country, has been helping individuals and families negotiate divorce for 30 years. As a leading dispute resolution professional, Susan is honored to be the incoming co-chair of the American Bar Association's Mediation Committee and to serve on the board of directors of the Southern California Mediation Association. Now, Rebecca, U.S. News and Best Lawyer in America honoree Rebecca Zung has been revolutionizing the conversation about divorce since 1999 and has been privileged to guide thousands who were stuck in divorce drama, trauma, and chaos to step into their lives of freedom, possibility, prosperity, and purpose. Now based in Los Angeles, she is continuing to serve the divorcing population now through Breaking Free Mediation, the first mindful mediation company in the country, and she is also still a partner in the esteemed law firm of Long, Murphy, and Zung, PA. So if you're divorced, considering divorce, newly divorced, or in the middle of a divorce, stop what you're doing right now and listen to this episode. I'm going to be talking with my new friends, Susan Guthrie and Rebecca Zung, who have helped countless people navigate the divorce process. They're going to be sharing what works, what doesn't, and they'll also be sharing some new terms I've never heard of, like the divorce paradox, divorce limbo, and more. Get ready. Here we go. Okay, everybody, this is going to be such an amazing, amazing episode because I have Susan Guthrie and Rebecca Zung, and I was actually on their podcast, and we had the most interesting conversation around, these are two experts in divorce and healing from divorce and everything divorce. Uh, So we're just, just, I I think we're just going to pick up where we left off. So first of all, welcome both of you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We're we're very happy to be here continuing the conversation. I'm so I'm so excited to have both of you here because you just And, and I would I just want to plug you a little bit because um what Susan and I were discussing with you right before we started here, your show has been our top show in the last 30 days. So yeah. obviously there's a huge need for information around this topic. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I never mind a plug. <laughs> that's, always, that's always a good thing, but it's all about you right now. So, uh, but, but it really just shows how much uh, we need this information. And I'm so grateful that there are women like you who are sharing it. And, and you're also having a, a big event. Can you mention that just briefly? We are May 18th. It's called Buy Divorce, which stands for Best You Ever. And we literally have the top experts in the divorce-related fields from all over the country coming in to speak to people. And we actually just heard from someone this morning that they're flying in from Australia for it. So it's pretty incredible. Go to buydivorce.com. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay. So let's just dive in. So, so Susan, let's just start with you. So you've been a, a top divorce attorney for 30 years. You've seen a lot of cases of betrayal. What, what are some of the types of betrayal that you find are the most common? You know, in divorce, I'm sure the first one that pops into everyone's mind is adultery or an affair, um, which, uh, you know, I think Rebecca would agree. We do see that in a large number of our divorce cases over the years because people in unhappy marriages tend to seek whatever they're looking for outside that marriage. Um, But we see so many other kinds of betrayal uh, that can be just as devastating, if not more so in other ways. Um, The number, the other probably most predominant type of betrayal that we see is financial betrayal. And we just did actually a show on this about financial abuse in marriages or in relationships. And, you know, the lying around money can be just as devastating and have actual real impact in the real world, you know, when money goes missing or is misused or taken. So, you know, but it all comes down to, in the end, lying or that type, you know, the not telling the truth. And it's, it's sort of the death by a million cuts, I always think, because it's not, yes, it's one big betrayal if it was an affair or stealing money or, or hiding something, but it's all the little lies day after day after day that go into hiding that behavior or perpetrating it that really, I think, I, we see has such an, a long-lasting impact. So, just so the readers, the, the readers, the listeners truly understand, can, can you give us an example? Like, what would that look like practically? The the financial financial abuse? yeah yeah. So, um, actually, our expert had a great um, description. We had Lily Vasilev on, and um, she was talking about one of her clients. She's a financial expert. One of her clients had a woman who was married for years. The husband was a major breadwinner, was bringing home the money, but also took care of all the finances. And when they went to uh, send one of their children to college he sat her down and had to tell her that all of the money was gone and that for years he had been gambling and using their money and it had been getting bigger and bigger because he tried to recoup the losses. And as they sat there on the threshold of, of their daughter leaving for college, it was all gone. Um, and, you know, and think about the millions of times that he had to have lied to her over the years Mm -hmm. about that particular incident. So that's, you know, an extreme example, but I think Rebecca and I have both seen, I, I can't count how many times I've seen cases where when we get to the door of divorce, um, someone has wiped out bank accounts, someone has wiped out, um, assets or done things in a sneaky underhanded kind of way. Um, to keep something from their their spouse, whether it be the adultery or the financial or or a myriad of other areas. Wow, and you can and, you know of course betrayal is just that absolute shattering of trust, and if anything is going to shatter trust, it's going to be decades or years of just lying. That's just that's just unbelievable. So wow, okay, so Rebecca, let's let's get to you now. Talk, can you talk about tell us about the three deadly sins of divorce? What are they? Yeah. So I, in my book, Breaking Free, A Step-by-Step Divorce Guide to Achieving Emotional, Physical, and Spiritual Freedom is where I really first started talking about it. It just started occurring to me in, in my practice that 
there were what I call three deadly sins of marriage, which I call the three A's, which are abuse, addiction, and adultery. Um, you know, in the last couple of years, I would add in, you know, mental health issues and things like that, bipolar, narcissism. But um, abuse, addiction, and adultery are uh, the three deadly sins of marriage because they are the things that erode the integrity of the trust of the foundation of the relationship. I always say when you have a building and you're building a, a building, you have a foundation. It's a cement foundation or whatever it is. And if there are any cracks in that foundation, they say that the integrity has been breached. And it's the same thing in relationships. Once that integrity has been breached, it's very, very difficult to come back from that. The other side really has a lot of proving to do that they uh, are now going to be a trustworthy people. Um, and as you know, you have put together an amazing program to help people come back from that and start learning how to trust again and, and find their power again. But what really happens is that the person who's been uh, cheated on or lied to or, you know, the victim, we'll call it, of, of that abuse is, it becomes, you know, very jaded and doesn't want to trust again. And, and with such good reason, it absolutely can be rebuilt though. And when it, but it's so true. It's something like that is, it is, it's foundational and it's shattered. And these are basic, basic needs. I mean, we think that, and, and I, I, I'm sure I said it on, on your show, we're never betrayed by someone we don't know. It's by the people we're closest to. And that's why it's, it's so hard to wrap our minds around it because we would never see it coming also because we don't think that way. So we're assuming that someone has the same level of integrity and is playing by the same rules. And then we find out, of course, that they, that they don't. So Susan, let me ask you then, what are some of the ways that your that you I'm sure you hear it all the time that your clients you know, come to you with ways that they've discovered you know their partner is being unfaithful or financially oh. or yeah yeah so that is um, you know one of those things that I think has changed over the 30 years that I've been in practice it used to be. Um, a little bit harder to find out if you're, you know, the number one thing is that clients always want to know if their spouse is cheating or they suspect that's happening. Um, I think in the past years where it really comes down to, what it really comes down to is the cell phone um, or the, the internet uh, capabilities. I have seen so many instances where through either social media or through accessing their partner's phone, um, that people have found out that something is going on, that there's an affair, or even the financial side of things, right? You can see um, these days banking is done on the phone and spouses know each other's passcodes for and passwords for things. I actually had a case recently where the household was, you know, now we have smart homes and the house is operated off of an iPad and the iPad was hooked into one of the party's um, personal uh, iTunes accounts. And the wife was uh, dimming the lights or fixing the TV or something. And text messages started rolling in across the top of the screen. And they were text messages from the girlfriend to the husband. 
And that's how she found out. And that's, you know, that's not uncommon. I was talking to a colleague the other day who was just going off to trial on a case and some of his uh, exhibits were the exact same thing. Screenshots of that, the household um, uh, iPad that was Mm. operational. So, you know, I think, and and in that case where it was uh, the client that I was speaking to, uh, that was a surprise to her. She was somewhat blindsided by it. But in most cases, I think we see that people have some sort of gut feeling that something's going on. And these days, the first place they go to look into that, it does seem to be the phone or the, the home computer, something like that. And I guess your, your first clue would be if you don't know their passcode and they don't want to give it to you. Maybe yeah. That's, yeah. That's or, or the, or where you find the second phone, Rebecca and I, we did a show on that where, you know, some of the signs of, of your, your, your marriage might be in trouble when you find the, you know, that burner phone or that cheapy phone that they bought at, uh, at, you know, Walmart, um, that only is available for, you know, calls to one person. That's been another instance that I've found for clients where they find this mystery phone, uh, in the house or in their spouse's car or something like that. Wow. And you you see these things all the time. How do the two of you still have hope (laughs) that that's not, that's not everybody? Well, you know, I think the thing is that because both of us are actually happily married, but both of us have actually been divorced before. So we know what it's like to be in a relationship that doesn't empower. It doesn't mean that there's it's there's no hope of ever being in a relationship that empowers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely possible. So I, I just think that we understand that it's other people and not necessarily us, but that's why we do the podcast, which is by the way, called Breaking Free a Modern Divorce Podcast for those who are uh, wondering what the name was. Um, But that's why we do the podcast. That's why I wrote the book. That's why we do all the things that we do because we want people to know that we're not pro-divorce. We're pro-people being in relationships that serve them. Yeah. And honest relationships. Talk to us about the divorce paradox. What's that all about? So I call the divorce paradox. um, It's basically the situation where during the worst, most traumatic time of your life, which is, uh, you know, number one or two or three and every possible list of the most traumatic things people can go through, Mm -hmm. um, which is divorce. During that period of time when you're like completely traumatized and flattened, you have to make the most critical decisions of your life. You have to be thinking more clearly than you ever have because the decisions that you make will affect all the things that mean the most to you going forward, your children, your money, your business, your house. Well, so, so someone is in that position and they're not thinking clearly because they've just been completely blindsided. What would be some suggestions? What do you, you know, speak to that woman who is saying, oh my gosh, that's me. How can I think clearly? I can't even get out of bed. Yeah, we've see, and we see that quite a bit, you know, in, in our practices. It's one of the reasons we started Breaking Free Mediation, which is Rebecca's and my um, mediation services. We have a mindfulness track that we um, offer to our clients, along with what I would call more traditional mediation services. And and the reason we we've, we've added mindfulness, both as you know. Um, 
there are there are elements of it that the participants go through separate from the mediation process but then we've also integrated that the mindfulness right into the process in order to help people get out of their head space or out of that emotional space so that they can try to make some rational decisions make some thought um, or, to, or go through a thought process that makes sense um, so they can look forward to that future. Because one of the things I think that we all have in common here is we are all trying to help people get to that future. I know your program is very much trying to help people heal from these hurts and move forward. Rebecca and I, as she just said so eloquently, that's, that's the whole goal of what we're doing. And the thing with people who are in that moment of betrayal who can't get out of bed is they are in this moment and there's no thought in their minds of where the future can take them and where they might be. So the mindfulness aspect helps them to both manage the current emotions that are all negative, but also we try to help them set intention and visualize where they're going to go. Because as we all know, the, all three of us here on this call, it is better and it can be better on the other side and you can heal. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's now it's proven and predictable. Absolutely. But, and it's also as if you, you, your mind isn't in this complete state of chaos, so is your body and the physical aspects of it too. It's, it's really hard uh, because now your stress response is ignited. You're headed for every stress related symptom, illness, condition, disease, you're physically exhausted. So it's as if, and like you said, I, everything is working against you, but you're making the most important decisions of your life. And that's a rough one. I, I'm just thrilled that there are women like you out there who can help. So what's divorce limbo? So divorce limbo is that process of during the period of time when, from when the, the, the case was actually filed mm-hmm. to when it's actually finalized. And during that period of time, it, it, it's so it's like a nightmare for people. I always say they're like going, they're on land now, they realize it's not great land. They can see better land across the way, but in order to get there, they have to get on the divorce boat, which is like, uh, you know, going to be tossed around. You're going to get seasick. You're probably going to feel like throwing up. Uh, winds and rains will come, but then eventually you'll get to the other side. And it's during that period of time that it's just extremely difficult for people because they they can't they feel like they're not in their old life but they can't move on yet to their new life so i just want to mention i do have some divorce master classes which is on my website rebecca zung and they're extremely affordable and it's you know they're just something that people can buy and download because part of uh combating the fear and combating the the emotional chaos that's going on is getting information and arming yourself with knowledge because part of the fear is that you just don't know what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. So arming yourself with knowledge is, is really helpful to combat that too. And, and you know, and I want to just add this perspective as well. That state of confusion is so can be so terrifying but it's so true. That's the absolute breakdown of the old. And it's only from that space that a completely new life really can be created. A completely new you, a completely new life can be created. So that confusion we look at as, as just so terrifying, but that's the space where that new you is being built. 
So instead of being so afraid of that space, know that in that confusion, it's, it's meant to just start creating that clarity. And you cannot get to clarity without that. You know, I just used this example the other day of like, here's that room in your in your house or even a drawer or your garage or wherever you live where it's just so messy and so cluttered and so uncomfortable. And you avoid it at all costs. You just avoid it. It takes a tremendous amount of energy to, to avoid it. And then there's that one day where you're like, that's it, I'm going in. And it is messy. And if you notice, it's actually a lot worse at first, because now you're like, okay, I'm going to get rid of this. I'm throwing this out. I'm donating this. And it's a, a mess, but there's no going back. And it's so confusing because now here you are looking at all your stuff, like what the heck am I going to do with it? But when you get rid of it, you clear it. Now you can stand back and appreciate that hard work and where you are now. And so it's in that state of confusion, know that the clarity comes only after you spend time in that space. So I'm so glad you brought that up because that's the state that we're so afraid of and we avoid because it's so scary, but it can only lead to that clarity. And I have to say almost every client I've ever had has come back to say that the divorce was the best thing that ever happened to them. Yeah, I had someone say that to me yesterday, exactly those words. My divorce was the best thing that ever happened to me because it, it, op- it opens that opportunity to the future. Um, you know, to that better future. Yes, you are going to go through this divorce limbo. You are going to sail the rough seas. Um, but, you know, that's really what the best you ever are retreat is about because it's the, it is also the door to opportunity to create that new future that invariably, and I think Rebecca and I would both say, you know, our lives are better because of that difficult time that we went through and other difficult times that we go through as humans. Um, but it's better on the other side. And I would love to know, can you think of some cases where it was, you looked at it, you said, well, this is a lot to move through. And that person who said to you, it was the best thing that happened. Bring us through, like, what did they come in with? And how did they, how were they by the time you were done with them? Oh, I had one, a woman one time who was um, the meekest older lady, like literally blue hair with, you know, short blue hair, um, (laughs) you know, in her seventies, I think, um, who had been married to a very, very controlling doctor who was actually from the Middle East. So he had very specific views about women. Um, you know, he was very entrenched in his old ways and was pretty abusive to her. And she started coming into my office like two or three years before she actually filed. And she'd sneak in and she'd say, here's a little more paperwork. Here's a little, oh, I I was able to take pictures of this. And she would just like leave me with bank statements that she found or business tax returns that she found. And she'd say, I'm going away to our house up north for the summer. I I think I'm going to be able to get more information. So she'd sneak in and she was scared to death and barely spoke. After the divorce, she ended up with this massive group of friends. She was traveling all the time. She was going to, I, I had introduced her to a private bank in the area where I was practicing And the private bank said, she's the first one to come to all of our events. She's made so many friends here. She became an entirely different person. So, and and that was in her Mm seventies. So it's really never too late. 
How do you work on overcoming those obstacles of, because I mean, I know I see it in my community. There's such, there's such resistance because this isn't what they signed up for. This isn't what they expected. They never saw it coming. Or even let's say a religious, you know, as far as a religious belief, this wasn't, you know, they signed up to stay married forever. And, and what do you do with that? How do you, how do you help someone through that? You know, so that's sort of a twofold issue because as attorneys, the thing that we have to tell our clients is that the, under the law, there is no signing up for life. That, you know, the law allows, if somebody wants out of the relationship, then the law allows for that to happen. That's where no fault divorce came from. So, you know, in your lawyer space, in that mind, we have to say to them, you know, the client who comes in, but I don't want a divorce. Um, That happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have to tell them that unfortunately the law doesn't provide an avenue. But the harder part um, is to help them through the part of it and realizing, and and I've heard Rebecca say this, and I think it's a very powerful statement, is what power or what good is there in being in a relationship with someone who doesn't want to be in a relationship with you? How is that empowering to you? How is that bringing you to a good place? I may not be saying it exactly how she says it, but I've always thought that that is such an impactful statement because having that conversation with clients is one of the most difficult things that we have to do as attorneys, you know, we're not therapists and, but we've now had these conversations for 30 years or or so. And, you know, one of the things that is, is hard to see for a client is when they get stuck in that space of, I don't want this. They hold themselves in that very limbo that we were just talking about, which is so difficult in, in a negative way. You know, there's one thing about working through the limbo or getting on the boat and sailing across the stormy seas and rowing to get to the other side. But if you are just sitting there spinning around in that, that morass of emotion of, I don't want this, this shouldn't be happening to me, it's not fair, we hear all of those things. That is the space that it's really important for us to try and help our clients get beyond. And that's that helping them to try and focus on the the possibility that their future now has. So like Rebecca's lady, you know. Yeah, and it, and I'm so glad you said that because it's so true that and here's the thing they have every right to hang on to that but all it's doing is preventing their new life from beginning. You know, it's wow. keeping them in that limbo. And it will drag that out for them and just make it even, you know, the, what's so difficult to live through in that time, it just makes that last longer and mm-hmm. makes it more difficult. And invariably, they will come back, those clients that, that do go through that process after the divorce, and I will hear from them, and they will all, you know, to, to a T say... I wish I hadn't, I wish I'd been able to move on faster. I wish I'd found, you know, a program to move on or just found that ability. That's why, you know, I do often recommend that clients have beyond their divorce attorney, who is not a therapist, have someone to talk to about some of those things, because you do need to work through the emotional stuff in order to move through the rest of it. Well, let's just declare a collaboration right here. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we're just, absolutely. We're just a great team. So talk to us about the kids. What happens with the kids? What do you see? Are you talking about uh, when there's betrayal? Yes. Yeah. So the thing about the kids is that they kind of see it as a betrayal against them too. I mean, it really just depends on, 
the age of the children, of course. I mean, if they're super little, maybe they don't really realize what's going on. But the older they get, even if they're adult children, they especially see it as, oh, you betrayed the family, you know, um, and, and, or even teenage children, they know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, and now, um, as you so aptly pointed out in your show with us, you know, now it's like additional punishment for the person, the betrayer, because they have to face their own children and tell them what they did to, you know, the other person, whether it's mom or dad, and they have to, um, own up to that, which is not the greatest thing, you know? I mean, and, and oftentimes, unfortunately, children end up picking sides, you know? They think, oh, this is the good one, this is the bad one. And, you know, I would encourage the person who is, let's call it the victim, um, it's not a great word, but the person who didn't betray, um, I would, it, as much as you possibly can, encourage you not to vilify the other spouse. I know it's hard, but just remember that your children are half that person and it's, it's difficult for them too. Mm. So, um, you know, if they hate the other person, then they hate part of themselves. So, you know, teaching them how to move through that is important. Right. Yeah. And it, it can be incredibly transformative for the kids, for the, for the betrayed, for the betrayer, for everybody. I mean, you know my story. I'm living proof of that. What do you want to make sure everyone knows before we wrap up? You know, I think it's, it's our main message is always that you can heal from this. And not only can you heal, but you can be that best you ever. You can go forward. Rebecca and I, and and I think you too, Dr. Debbie, are all examples of that. We've been through this transitional time in life, gone through betrayal, gone through breaches of trust, and have come out on the other side in a much better way, having learned and and learned how to pivot through that and, and survive through that. And we've seen hundreds of people do it ourselves, right? So, and help people all the time. So I, I always just want people to know that, it, that there, there's hope and beyond hope, there's actually a brighter future uh, ahead. Uh, um, but the, the goal is to get there, not to stay in that limbo. Absolutely. Rebecca, what about you? Oh, I would totally agree with that. And, and I would say, do the things that you need to, to take care of yourself. I mean, one of the things that you know, people will say, but I don't want the new life. I want my old life. Well, but the old life isn't available anymore. It's just not. And so, you know, trying to hang on to it is, is not going to serve you in the long run. So, you know, taking the opportunities and the tools that are out there, you know, we're so lucky in this day and age. I mean, you know, when I was growing up, there was like Phil Donahue and that was probably about it. I mean, (laughs) you know, there certainly wasn't internet or anything like that. I mean, we're so lucky in this day and age to have all of these opportunities and tools that we have and, and, and places that we can get support. So I would say take advantage of all of them, use them. And we're so lucky to have people like you who share this incredible information. Where can we learn more about you both? So my website is RebeccaZung.com. We also have our podcast website, which is BreakingFreePod.com. And my website's DivorceInABetterWay.com. 
Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much, both of you, because this is something it's so hard to navigate and it's so scary and we feel so alone and so unsupported. So knowing that there are people like you out there who could really help uh, people through this process is just such a wonderful gift. Thanks for the work you're both doing. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Susan and Rebecca have truly found an amazing way to help so many people. And if you're in that uh, space where you need help successfully and more easily to navigate your divorce, please reach out to them at breakingfreemediation.com. And I'll have all of their information in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Even if you've been through, as Susan said, death by 1,000 cuts, you can still heal. It can even be the greatest thing that's ever happened to you if you're willing to accept your situation and move forward. While you have every right to mourn the loss of what you wanted and didn't get, for example, living happily ever after, staying in that state only prevents you from living the life you deserve. Of course, it also makes you physically sick too, and then that pain has even more of a hold on you. So do what you can to say goodbye to the old in order to embrace something new. That's not saying that these experiences don't leave us with some cleanup, which can often be in the form of some physical, mental, and emotional symptoms. Are you struggling with post-betrayal syndrome? Take the quiz and see at pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.